Do you like retro games? Check out the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, hosted by Jason Robbins and Derek Diamond, where every week they review old games and cover the latest retro gaming news. Go to nerdcaveretro.com to join the Discord community. If you like the Open Micers Podcast but think I'm too handsome, check out the Jester's Court Podcast, hosted by my fat twin, Mr. Mike Evelyn, found wherever podcasts are given away for free. Do you believe in ghosts, UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis? We are ready to believe you. Join our spirited hosts, Carlos and Wally, as they investigate real ghost videos, discuss guest experiences, and research the real-life origins of some of our favorite horror movies with a dash of Ghostbusters news thrown in from the home office. So, if you believe, you don't, or somewhere in between, join us as we try to unravel the mysteries of the paranormal on Ready to Believe You, wherever podcasts are available. We also want to shout out our other patrons, J.P. Leonard and Tyler Arsenault, Mr. Derek Diamond and old Rob himself, Robbie Hennig. Just drop that ass, bitch, it's Open Micers in the house. Pop that pussy with that Open Micers logo in your mouth. Jason with his bald-ass head, Jacob looking in bed. It's Open Micers, bitch, heard what I said. Drop that ass, drop that ass, Open Micers in the house. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, Open Micers in the house. Open Micers in the house, Open Micers is a mouse. Drop that ass, pop that pussy, Open Micers in the house. The mic is now open. That's right. The mic is now open. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm Jacob Craig, and I know that you guys all missed me last week. How could you not? I am I am the comedic glue that holds this show together. <laughs> how how was there even a podcast without me last week? I think it was but, one of uh, the best episodes ever, uh, if you want to know what I think. Yeah, see, I refused to listen to it because I wasn't on it. Um, I don't know. I actually haven't gotten around to listening to it, but I'm I'm sure it was a fantastic episode because Mike and Tech are just two of the funniest guys ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thanks for holding it down solo for me last week, no man. No problem. That was the uh, first ever solo show I've ever done in 12 years of podcasting. Yeah. First show I've ever done by myself. Yeah, and I, I didn't feel too bad about having you fly solo too because... I knew that like tech was going to be on and he's done the show before. So if you think about it, it's more like, you know, one guest basically, because there's one person that you don't know on the show. Like I, I knew that you were going to be able to find your way through it. So uh. I wasn't too worried. Like, because, you know, like you said, there were two guests on tech had been on before. So I was like, ah, I'm not too worried about it. If it was just one guest that like, I didn't really know. Then I would have been like, eh, maybe we should just, I don't know. Yeah, people listening at home probably don't know how many times like I'll book a guest or it'll be the day of the podcast and Jason's like, hey, I don't know much about this person. So you kind of need to take the lead or like I'll you'll see someone on the calendar and be like, who is that? And I'm like, oh, it's it's one of the most successful comedians we've ever talked to, Jason. Let me tell you who this is. (laughs) I don't know. My taste in comedy is weird. Like I don't get the comedy. Like I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube, but I don't get the comedy stuff, I guess, thrown at me like you yeah. do. Cause we're, we we I guess we might have different tastes in comedy. So we don't get, I don't get the same people uh, suggested to me that you do. Yeah. I, I mean, when it comes to a lot of new comics, like 
I know a lot of them from watching YouTube shorts, Facebook reels, and they'll do the guest circuit on podcasts. But I mean, the, uh, we've talked to some people on here that I've been watching since I was a little kid. Like we, we watched Steve Byrne. I remember watching his, um, I forget the name of the special, like something like America's people or some shit like that. When like, right when it came out on Showtime, like in like, I don't even know, like 2014, some shit like that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so, you know, some of the people we've talked to have been, been around for a while. That's why I saw there'll be people that you don't know that I'm like, you seriously, like never heard of, <laughs> heard of or seen this person. Like, what are you, are you, you're a comedian, bro? You sure? Yeah. I, like I said, we must just watch different, have different tastes in comedy. Cause we don't, I don't get the same suggestions that yeah. you do. So I don't know. Maybe I just miss a lot of people. Uh, especially yeah. like a lot of my tastes are older too. So a lot of the newer right. comedians, I, I don't, I don't follow as much. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's a certain degree of fame too. Like I'm, I'm hardcore into comedy, obviously. Like I'm always consuming comedy. So like, I, I, like I know who's big on the circuit right now and who might be big and I'll book people like that. Like Ariel Elias, you know, we, really neither of us had very much clue who she was when we booked her. And then a week later she gets a high noon thrown at her head. <laughs> um, so I don't want HP smart to change my device, dude, in the middle of a <laughs> podcast, the audacity HP. No. Smart. Um, so one thing I wanted to talk about is you said you haven't seen it, but um, the, the new after midnight that just premiered last week, I've been excited about this show ever since they announced it. Yeah, I miss At Midnight a lot, man. And I mean, I was hoping that when they rebooted this, that it was going to literally just be At Midnight again, like with Chris Hardwick, like just bring that show back. But I don't, like, did they do anything different than how it was? Or It's basically the same thing. I, the only thing that's different, like they have a lot of the same stuff. You know, they do like the hashtag wars and things like that. And it's longer. The, the old show was 30 minutes and this one's an hour. Um, which I yeah. think they might end up changing that. It feels a little overlong, like they're kind of stretching some stuff out, don't need to be stretched out. Um, and I like the old aesthetic of the show because when it, the old show, it felt small and intimate, like the stage mm -hmm. and the people, and like it felt kind of punk rock in, in a way. Right. Um, but this one feels uh, bigger and, and way more. Uh, like it's got way more money, so it's like watching an episode of Family Feud. You know, it, it doesn't have that like kind of, I don't know, that kind of DIY aesthetic to it like it used to have. Yeah, and and that's one thing about the Comedy Central show too is like I feel like with this one, Taylor Tomlinson's hosting it, and she's one of the highest paid comedians in the world right now. Uh, Stephen Colbert is producing it. And it's more like a late night feel, right? Like, so I feel like it's going to be more commercialized probably than at midnight used to be. Yeah, but th there's not much of a talk show aspect to it. I mean, there's a little bit like she does a middle section of the show where she kind of talks to the comedians for a little bit, but it's not that long. And um, I, I don't know, it just it it's set up almost exactly like the old show. Just it just feels different. And I'm sure it'll grow yeah. on me, but 
you know, it just feels a little overproduced, and I think that they might scale that back, especially after um, Taylor Tomlinson. Once she kind of gets um, comfortable in the the position, you can tell she's still kind of nervous. But once she kind of gets in her groove, I think that's really when the show is going to settle in and take off. Yeah. And, you know, forgive me for being a, a, a nobody male comic, um, being critical of someone, but I think that Taylor Tomlinson is just the most boring comedian I've ever listened to. Yeah, I've never seen any of her stand-up stuff. I think she's pretty funny on the show. She And she's funny in her stand-up, too. It's just something about her tone of voice it's so weird dude like she kills she's she's absolutely hilarious she writes fantastic jokes but something about her delivery just bores me to tears Hmm. like i could not care less when she opens her mouth just based off of i mean she has this weird like monotone but kind of like valley girl vocal fry thing at the same time that she does great now we're never gonna get invited on the show thanks jacob we weren't to begin (laughs) with dude the 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 tasks that you task me with sometimes okay <laughs> i'm gonna tell everyone this you you texted me the other day and you've been talking about this show coming back for a while now and you're like we have to get on after midnight you have to find a way to get us on after midnight i'm like dude the only way we're gonna get on after midnight is if we befriend taylor tomlinson blackmail somebody or blow the head of cbs no what we do is whenever somebody like sean Patton gets on or Ariel Elias gets on, then we hit them up and say, hey, who do we need to talk to to get on the show? Yeah, and then they're not going to book us in a million years. Because here's dude. the thing, dude. They're gonna ha- they have to have three different comedians every single night of the week for four nights a week. They, they need people to come in and be on the show. Yeah, but there's also 2,000 more famous and talented comedians than us and that's why they can reuse some of the comedians we're never going to be on there that's why we need to to hit up the people that we know that are going to be on the show dude they won't even share the episode no one's going to be like hey you need to put (laughs) these guys on primetime cbs they can't even click a share button it's not primetime cbs it's midnight that's primetime now dude when's everyone watching tv if you're watching TV at seven o'clock, you're a loser. Okay, everyone's watching it at midnight now, Jason. That's I'm the new problem. I'm at midnight. Yeah, of course you are, dude. You're old. You're out of touch. <laughs> you you don't know how the world works anymore. Uh-huh. Midnight is the new nine p.m. Okay. It just is. I'm sorry. Whatever you say. It doesn't air actually at midnight. Or is it from like 1130 to whatever? Here's the thing. You don't, do you know how I've done some of the stuff I've gotten to do just by sheer man, by sheer force of will, (laughs) like gotten to make a movie with some of the people that were my idols growing up. I got signed to a major label. Like these things happen because I just willed them into existence. Sorry. I was trying to catch a fart in the mic while you were talking. It didn't work out. Uh But uh, now my mic smells bad. So you just absolutely um, don't believe we would ever make it on that show, ever? No, dude, because the, the whole reason that they have the kind of comics on that show that they're going to have is because they have followings, because they're 
professional comedians that have been working in the clubs professionally for at least 10 years. Like people like who was on the first episode, Kurt Brandoller, Whitney Cummins, mm-hmm. um, that other chick. I can't, I can't pronounce her name. The funny Indian chick. Yeah. Like they've all three have major TV credits, have been doing clubs for years. Whitney Cummings does freaking theaters and arenas. Like they're not going to, you know, it's that level of people that they're going to have on. And if they need new blood, then they can just, you know, go to the comedy store or the comedy seller and see who's up and coming, who just got passed and put them on there. Like, that's what I'm saying is I'm, I'm just a, I'm a realist, Jason. And I think it's okay to have dreams, but you can put it on your vision board and we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. You have no faith. You just have no faith whatsoever. I do have faith, but I don't want to have too much faith. You know what I mean? Because like, I'm I'm friends on Facebook with the guy who books for Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. I could at any moment DM him and ask to be on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, but I know that I do not deserve it. I have not earned it, and I would never get it if I do that right now. But maybe if I put in a little work, if I work at some of the best clubs in the world, if I make a name of for myself with a following, then maybe one day I could DM him and get on that show. So I'm not going to cross that bridge now when all the boards are still being put down. All right. All right. Yeah, look at me being wise and shit. You ain't got nothing to say, do you, old man? <laughs> no, I'm just saying weirder shit's happened. No, I, I, I believe you. I understand weirder shit has happened. That, because that on the be old fantastic. show, they always had unknown comedians on there, too, that made a name for themselves because of that show. Now you I say realize... that though. Give me an example because I feel like these are just comics that you don't know. So give me an example no, there of were an people unknown on there comedian. that were podcasters on there that that had like won the hashtag wars and stuff and were asked to come on to the show. Oh, okay, okay, but that that's a little different. See, like like if you earn your opportunity, then yeah, like if they're doing stuff like that, then for sure. I mean, we could win a hashtag war. You know, that's no problem. But like DMing the booker of After Midnight on CBS and being like, hey, <laughs> to whom it may concern. <laughs> hey, we like talk I about said, our buttholes almost every episode. Weirder shit has happened. Yeah. No, I'm aware. But hey, I'm due on, for some man. good luck, man. Dude, I'm tired of life shit on me. Life shits on me every fucking day. And I'm just, I'm ready for a win. I need you we'll to be see. on my side here, buddy. I need you to be on my side getting a win. I'm always on your side, bud, but th- you just need to be more of an optimist. Some people pay <laughs> to get shit off. You know what I mean? Some people would pay good money to get shit off. <laughs> I'm tired of getting shit on by life, and I'm ready for something new. I mean, just count. Every day is a blessing, man. Just count your blessings. Think about how much shit you're swimming in right now. Someone <laughs> would kill to be in that much shit. I'm sure they would. But uh, yeah, you also wanted to bring up because um, I'm I heard that you talked with Mike and Tech about the Cat Williams stuff. Yeah, but we, me and you haven't <laughs> been able to like, you know, hammer it out together. <laughs> so like, what the fuck, man? I don't know, man. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just feel like I said it on the show last week. I feel like he is a comedian who is at the end, basically not. I'm not saying he's going to retire tomorrow or anything, but he's he's had his shot. He's at the end of his career. He's made his money. He still makes money. He's st- he's a, a a 
I don't want to say a word of mouth comedian, but he's just somebody like if you know Cat Williams, you like Cat Williams, and you're gonna go see Cat. That's why he still sells out like theaters, yeah, just name recognition. But um, he's a, a comedian that's like at the end of his career, and he's just like has no more fucks to get. Right. See, and and I don't even know if it's about any of that. I don't know if he did that for promotion, which is why most people would do that. Because you have to look at like but the, the thing is he's the, done it for years, but why is it all of a sudden now we're finally paying attention to it and giving it air? Well, because you have to look at the the where, the when, the why, and the how. You know, because you you look at what he went on Shannon Sharp's podcast and said he went on Shannon Sharp's podcast and lit up all of the people that also went on Shannon Sharp's podcast and said some type of stuff about him. Like, so he decided to just go scorched earth and obliterate (laughs) absolutely everybody. And it's not like he's, he's done either. Like he just had a, uh, a Netflix special drop not too long ago. Uh, Excuse me. Not too long ago, within a few years ago. And he's still, he sells out arenas. He's coming to the Mobile Civic Center and he's going to sell out. Yeah. He sells out the the Coast Coliseum, dude. Like he sells out arena tours and he doesn't need four other guys that are just as famous as him to do it. He just it's Cat William. Yeah. You know, it's it's not what Steve Harvey, Cedric the Entertainer, DL Hughley and whoever else all does together. Yeah. You know, it's Cat Williams because everyone knows that he's one of the greatest comics of all time. I don't know. I mean, what? I, I, what do you? What am I trying to say here? Like, why do you think he just? What's his end game? Like, what was the point of really? I mean, he's done said shit like that before, but now he's gone and he's kicked the fucking hornet's nest off the tree with everything well, kicked, he said because he knew that he would kick the hornet's nest and come out on top, and he knew it would get millions of views. And he knew that he was going to be eaten off of that interview for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it, why not do it? Because he knows that in a battle of wits, that Steve Harvey, Cedric's entertainer, all those guys have nothing over him. And they're not clever enough to get back at him in any way. Yeah. I mean, even Kevin Hart's not. Like, Cat Williams is twice the comedian as all the people that he fired back at. It's just, just so happens that they're also you know, legends of the game. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I've been watching a lot of old Cat Williams clips and stuff since that interview dropped because that they're all over YouTube now. I think Cat Williams is the best physical comedian of all time. I would agree with that. Yeah. Because people say it's like Sebastian Metascalco or, you know, people like that. But it's like they just move with no purpose. Like Cat Williams' act outs are legendary, dude. Do you think that uh, there's any other comedian that could get away with that the way he did it that or just coming out and just saying shit about everybody? Dave could, but you know, and now Dave Chappelle is like said, you know, why are you doing this? Don't, you know, he's, he's like against it, but it's like, you know, he never said anything negative about Dave. He obviously likes Dave. So why does Dave care what he says about other comedians? Like, that doesn't concern um, I think him it was at all. More about that he just went after black comedians and not white. That was part of what he said. He's like, "Why 
why did why are you going after black comedians that didn't say anything about white comedians? But he kind of did. I mean, he went out, he said Joe, you know, Joe Rogan doesn't want him on the podcast, but Joe Rogan's busy pushing six comedians that aren't funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he destroyed every white comedian in the world with one line, dude. Yeah. That's every white comic. He said every white comic is not even worth funny enough worth his time. And he's he's right, dude. Like he's going after black comedians because objectively, and I will die on this hill. Objectively, black comedians are funnier than white comedians a hundred percent of the time, dude. Like, take the best white comedians and stack them up against mid-tier black comedians, and it's just it's the same level. Like, but that's just me, dude. That's just me. <laughs> so, what do you think about that? That the whole thing about because I had sent you a video of somebody who yeah. took that clip of what. Um, what he said about Joe Rogan, and then did somebody did a whole video about the quote Joe Rogan effect, where yeah. he takes these comedians and pushes them, and they become super famous without a whole lot, I guess substance, <laughs> a yeah. whole lot of substance, and then they end up like people turning on them, and you know I'm not gonna say any names, but. You know, there's a lot of comedians out there who have gotten the Joe Rogan bump and then they get, you know, they're all of a sudden they're doing huge tours and everything and, uh, and they've got huge podcasts and everything and they're not that funny. It's not yeah. sustainable. Yeah. And you got to think too, though, it's like he broke down in, in that video that the Rogan bump isn't just like getting huge and then nothing coming of it. Two, it's like, you know, a lot of these comics, they'll go on Rogan once and then it'll be like a kind of bad episode. And then they're still selling out theaters for a little bit and then they just go back down. Yeah. Like that's, that's just good, forever going to be the extent of their fame. Well, that was I mean, the- I opened, I opened for somebody who did Joe Rogan. And to this day, he's one of the least funny headliners I've ever opened for. Yeah. Like why he was ever on Joe Rogan, I'll never know. Like, I guess it's just right place, right time, and pop potentially being somebody one day. Well, uh, who was the comedian that he was talking about um, that actually had a following and didn't need Joe Rogan? Um, said it was one of the funniest comedians out right now, and I can't remember who it was he was talking Shane about. Shane Gillis. Who? Shane Gillis? Yeah, Shane. Was that it? Shane Gillis? Yeah. Yeah, because um, he was talking about how Shane Gillis didn't need the, the Rogan bump because he's already got, he's, he's built up his following himself. And yeah. doesn't need that bump, but everybody that Joe Rogan has put out there, you know, uh, is pushing like they don't have that file that already built up following that's going to sustain them. So they get like this huge, they get hugely famous really fast, but they don't have a lot of actual like following to, to keep that going. Yeah, but Shane's special too because Shane was inevitable. Shane was going to be one of the best comics no matter what. And the first time he did Rogan, he wasn't that famous. He didn't have that big. Well, they of a also following. said that first episode he did was terrible. Yeah, that's most of like that's most comedians' first times on Joe Rogan. Sam Talent's first Joe Rogan episode was horrible, dude, hmm. because he's throw he's trying to be Sam Talent. He's throwing out top tier level jokes, and Joe Rogan's just shutting it down, being like, "Have you ever done DMT with monkeys? And how do you respond to that?" Yeah, because Joe Rogan does not know how to take a joke. It's kind of insane. 
Yeah, I don't know. I stopped watching Joe. I stopped listening to Joe Rogan a long time ago because I got tired of trying to listen to six episodes, six three-hour episodes a week. So I was just kind of like, ah, I'm done. And plus, he just wasn't having on the guests that I like to have. I, I, I mainly listen to Joe Rogan because I like the uh, like the scientist episodes that he would have on there. Not so much the comedians. Like I still like. I die. I'll. I don't even want to say any. There's a certain comedian who likes to go shirtless a lot. And I just don't find them that funny. And I'm like, why do people find this guy that funny? Yeah. Kurt Kreischer. He's not that funny. What are we talking about here? <laughs> See, you're, ta- you're talking about like we're slandering people. I mean, these are public figures. We can say Burt Kreischer's not funny. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know. I just, I, <laughs> I, I guess so. That's just personal opinion. I don't find him that funny. My thing is he, he actually, I do. I think his hours are fantastic. I think his last hour that he put out was some of his best work. I thought it was, it was brilliant. I've watched but, a couple of his specials and I, I just had, I don't think I laughed one time, maybe chuckled a couple of times. Yeah. But I mean, the thing that turns me off is that he's such a narcissist and he's so annoying that like it ruins his comedy for me. Cause anytime he talks, I want to shoot myself in the, fucking head like he because all he talks about is himself and how great he is and he just like has that stupid like squeaky laugh that he does yeah and have you heard that it's completely fake too like he does that because you know it's that's his thing like and it's it's completely fake it's gotta be yeah i don't know i mean uh, cat williams hit the nail on the head man like joe does really have six comedians to promote that it's never been funny yeah i think that's coming to an end though you know this whole era i feel like comedy is about to change i think we've been in a stagnant period of comedy for a while and there's some funny people out there especially people we've had on this show that are are on their way up and i feel like there's a whole new breed of uh, not breed but a whole new like collection of class of comedians that are about to come out and and take over yeah i mean i think it's just whoever can do well in this landscape because i mean you know you've got shane dominating netflix you've got ralph barboza who's coming up he's got a netflix special now now he's starting to sell out theaters because the thing is, is how really do you like these days how do you get promoted um, because you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you would go on late night shows and that's how you got your name out. But now it's like everything's so splintered between like TikTok and YouTube and everything. It's like, how does one person get promoted to like superstardom? Yeah. I think the trend that we've seen is that everyone that's getting famous now does everything themselves. Like. Sam Talent, I don't think even has that much management. I think he has like one manager, maybe, or maybe he's with Levity or something like that. But for the most part, he's doing everything himself still. And he wrote his book himself. And that's his biggest claim to fame is his best-selling novel. That was fantastic. And then you've got Shane Gillis and Matt McCusker, who built the podcast themselves. And you've got Ralph Barboza, who just built us a group of guys around him in the Houston comedy scene that propelled him up to the top. Like everyone that's 
big right now is has done it themselves like it's it's not depending on anything anymore it's just figuring out yourself how to get your stuff accomplished yeah and i just feel like you know with kill tony and all that kind of stuff like yeah you'll get that instant fame but i think it's going to have the same effect as joe rogan like there's going to be people that are going to come out of that you know super famous and then already has been yeah and not really have much you know to offer underneath that dude that's that's almost everyone on that show right now like everyone in comedy cannot stand hans kim so how how is he selling out club or theaters or whatever he's doing because no one can stand him he's not good at comedy no one likes him as a person his stuff is foul dude he can't even he can't even like mask his dark subject matter with a good punchline yeah and so at that point, you're just saying fucked up shit on stage. Yeah, like, I kind of I stopped the guy watching sucks. Kill Tony, too, because I don't like I don't like the feeling that surrounds it. You know, that yeah. be as shitty as you can be, and then you'll get famous off of it. And I don't I don't like that brand of comedy, the mean comedy. I, I like I like mean being mean and roasting and us, you know, us being shitty to one another like that's. You know, it's done out of love, but when you, it's like kill Tony, it's like people try to like the, even the, like the people that love kill Tony and go to it and support it and all that. I feel like it's very toxic. Like it's a very toxic environment. Yeah. I, I want to put a more in-depth discussion about this on the Patreon, but maybe me and you can do that together for an open rant. Yeah, we can um, do that. But yeah, I mean, it's, there's a lot of like personal details that we can put on the patreon that i don't want to put out in the world so maybe we should turn that into an open rant okay this podcast is brought to you by our mobile gaming partner globe glider if you like the fast-paced action of games like flappy bird mixed with the strategy of balloons tower defense then globe glider is for you Making a donation to the game using our partnership will not only give you sweet in-game prizes, but also unlocks an exclusive open micers cape and helps a small indie gaming company thrive. Download Globe Glider now on the App Store or Google Play. I, I had a little something before we get out of here. Um, I went went to the Little Caesars with the girl the other day, just a little date night, you know? Dude, I can't up. eat Little Caesars anymore. Every time I eat it now, it gives me diarrhea. Like every single time, I gotta stop yeah. eating it. That's everybody, dude. Just be a man. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's not everybody? <laughs> but as we were, we're going to get little Caesars, just a little you know, date night, you know, picking up a couple fivers, and um, they're not we, even five dollars now. They're five ninety nine. They kicked it up a dollar. I think they're all like six ninety nine now. Really? That's too yeah. much for that shit. It sucks, dude. It's the worst pizza. Terrible. But uh. We were, we were in my car for once, and uh, I, I drove us there, drove us back. And in my car, we listened to my music, which right now I'm, I'm going through just sort of like a, a rap phase because that's what I listen to to and from work. It decompresses me. It hypes me up. And um, I'm listening to in the car like Dr. Dre, Kanye West, like those kinds of people. And uh, my fiance comments on it, and she says, oh, so you're going through a new school rap phase, huh? New school? <laughs> yeah, and I said, name Dr. one. Dr. Dre is new school? What is she talking yeah, I, about? 
because she doesn't know any of the songs. So she thinks it's just like new rappers. <laughs> I will say one thing like new rap just sucks, man. It's so depressing. Like there's nothing like, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like it's, it's depressing. Okay. Well, I've got something for you. Okay. I'm going somewhere with All right, this. Let's hear so it. I, I asked her to give me an example of a new school rapper that we listened to. And she told me Kanye West was a new school rapper. <laughs> he's only was, been around since like 2005. But you know. That's what I said. I told her he's, he was on Chappelle's ship. Like he's been famous <laughs> for over 20 years. And that, that reminded me of you, daddy, because that's something that you would say. So I just wanted to know if, if you could name me any quote unquote new school rappers that you think might be new school rap. New school rap. Jesus, I don't, I don't remember anybody's names. Just name, name a song. Give me I don't the know hook. song titles either. Like, I'm, sing it, dude. I'm fucked when I try to like uh, look up song titles because I don't know song titles for shit. But like you know, Kanye and Dr. Dre. Yeah, but they they were in my formative years when my brain was still soft. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain's still soft. It's just too soft now. <laughs> It's soft like pudding. Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, uh, like Angelina Who's... watches uh, new school rap videos on YouTube, yeah. but I couldn't tell you a single person that I see. Who's the newest rapper you can? Make? I like Doja Cat. That's that's new rap. Not a rapper. Not a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the newest rapper you can name, Jason? I'm curious. Oh, the newest rapper, Lil Boosie. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> little Boosie's been famous for as long as Kanye has. Been. Um, shit, I don't know. Dude, I'm on an '80s one-hit wonder kick right now. That's where I'm at musically. Um, okay, give me a new school rapper. I'll give you an '80s one-hit wonder. Well, you give me an '80s one-hit wonder first, and then I'll I'll do a new rapper. Um, okay, '80s one-hit wonder. Um. Oh, Informer. <laughs> That's nineties. And he was it nineties? Yeah. Um, okay, eighties one hit wonder. Um American Werewolves in London, was that our one hit wonder? That was seventies, I think. And that wasn't a one hit uh, wonder. That was uh oh shit, what's I his don't name? Know. Um who did that? Oh my god, what the fuck is his name? Oh, shit. I can't remember um, his name. That dude had like a ton of hits in the 70s. Sister Christian? <laughs> there you go. That's the 80s. Uh, who, was that Night Ranger that did Sister Christian? Maybe. I don't know. I think it was Night Ranger. I think they had more than one hit, though. I'm talking like straight up one hit wonders like Dirk Commissar. And uh, let's see. What is that? <laughs> uh, Dirk Commissar's in town. Uh-oh. You don't remember that one? Never oh, heard I've that heard one. that song. Yeah. Okay. Um, God, new school rap, dude. I don't fucking know. Like the, the only person I can think of is like Drake. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I mean, you know, if, it, if that's the new school rapper you can name, then that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> he's been famous since I was in middle school. Dude, he he's been on, a millionaire since I was in middle school. Dude, he was on um, what was that show out of Canada? Um, the Grassy, the, the Next Grassy. Generation. That was in the nineties, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He was a kid on that. Yeah. yeah. That was back when he was Aubrey Graham. 
but other rappers, God, I don't know. Uh, like, I can't really differentiate anything because they all sound the same to me now. They do. I mean, they're, I don't even really listen to it either, but I can, you know, I can name who's hot right now without listening to their crappy music. No. I don't, I don't, like I said, my brain is, uh, when it was less soft, I could remember things better. Yeah, I don't believe you on that either. Um, Funky Town. That's a good one, Hit Wonder. <laughs> Lips I, uh, Inc. Huh? By Lips Inc. Yeah, I had to Google that. <laughs> I, I had to Google. I had to use Google and I came up with those Funky Town. Dude, I don't know what it is, but like 80s one hit wonders. Like, I have, there's a playlist. Like, I got YouTube music now. And just go like hit an 80s one hit wonder playlist, and it just makes me feel good for a little while. Right. You're telling me that you couldn't do any better than Drake? Like, you know who Cardi B is. Yeah. Yeah. I know Cardi She's... B. There's uh, Megan the Stallion. Yeah. Those are uh, both sooner than Drake. <laughs> uh, uh, there's, do you know uh, who Gunna is? No. He does that song, Fuck You Mean? Uh, who's who's the new chick that uh, has purple hair and she had her own donut for Dunkin' Donut Spice or something like that? Ice Spice. Ice Spice. Yeah, Ice Spice is hot. Sexy Red. And uh, who else? Um, uh, um, damn, I'm bad at this. Yeah, you are, dude. You're making <laughs> me blank on it, and I know these people. Uh, M- NBA Youngboy. Who? NBA Young Boy. No, I no clue. <laughs> Twenty One Savage. I've heard it. I've heard of him. Twenty One. Can you do something for me? That's it. <laughs> that's Drake. So you should know him. Oh yeah. Um, Dude, why is the best part of every Drake song the part where Drake's not rapping? <laughs> Can we talk about that? No, we haven't talked about that. But uh... the best part of every Drake song is when Drake is not speaking on the track. <laughs> like the best part of Knife Talk is Project Pat. The I best would... part of his whole album with Twenty One Savage is Twenty One. And this started in the nineties. Like it, it's impossible to like follow a rapper and, and be like a huge super fan because. All the rappers, they just do all are on each other's albums. So you, back, even back in the like late 90s when they all started being on each other's albums, you couldn't afford all the albums that if you wanted to follow somebody. Yeah. They don't do that rock now. music. You never hear like James Hetfield, you know, jumping over and, and playing on an Anthrax album or anything. Yeah, it's it's less like that now because there's so much money in it now that like, you know, you have to pay good money to get someone to feature on your track. Like you, you pretty much have to be friends to get each other to you know be on each other's songs, or you have to have a ton of money to make it worth it. Why has no one asked us to be a guest on their track? I don't get it. I don't know, man. I was gonna drop a diss track on Mark Simmons, but I just <laughs> was not worth my time. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about before we go, uh, I, I talked about it a little bit last week with Tech and uh, and Mike. Uh, the whole I know we're a little late on this, everybody. It's already over and done with. But the uh, the AI George Carlin uh, yeah. special that dropped, um, they did reveal on the uh, the Doozy podcast this week Doozy podcast that everybody that was screaming about them just doing it as a uh, uh, for money, they didn't even monetize it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole thing's stupid. Like the, the whole 
idea behind Dudesy is just this satirical like AI thing that's supposed to be fun and funny and innovative and then something like this just gets taken completely out of context and everyone loses their minds over it. Meanwhile, in actual big Hollywood, like they're using Christopher Reeves' image without his kids' consent. Like, yeah. why is no one mad about that? Exactly. Like, and, and then another thing, like the Dudesy podcast, every single week they put out mo- a fake movie trailers with Tom, H- Tom Hanks, and nobody yeah. says anything about that. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's just because of that being, just because the AI and comedy are intermingled right now because there's so much theft happening with people trying to write jokes in chat GDP people trying to get AI to replace actors and comedians and writers and all this. So, I mean, I feel like AI and comedy are going to have a toxic intermingling for as long as they're both around. But I also understand the parody of it because, you know, the whole point of the doozy podcast is that it's a, it's a parody of what it would be like if, if an actual AI was running a show like that, because Let's face it, they don't have an AI that powerful to run that show. It's them. It's them yeah. and a secret third person running that show and doing everything that Doozy does. Because if it's the Doozy AI would be more powerful than anything Google has right now. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's probably they they have to have some kind of animations like maybe an animation studio helping them or something like that. Yeah. Cause they do have really good animations. Yeah. Um, it's probably, it's more likely that it's something like that. Cause it's anything, you know, it's nothing that an AI right now is capable of doing. And do you think everybody was mad about it just because it was, you know, the great and powerful, uh, George Carlin, like would anybody have been as mad if it was like, um, Joan rivers or somebody like that? I think they would have been. But I think, you know, I think it's just because of the nature of what it is. It's everyone's worst nightmare. Like, you know, bringing a dead comic who was a great back to life using AI. Like if that was if it was dead serious, then, yeah, it would be horrible. And another thing, I mean, I do feel bad for George Carlin's daughter because, you know, she has the wrong idea about it. And they even agreed with what she said. In her post about, you know, they'll never replace, AI will never replace George Carlin. And they're like, that's the point of this whole thing. Like, we agree with you. And I think it's, it's kind of mean that, you know, the, 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 when they go to her for like, um, you know, a, a, a quote about it and she's completely in the dark and all of a sudden she thinks there's this rogue AI out there or some tech pros that are recreating her father. Um, you know, for a, a a net or for a YouTube special to make money on it, and it's not that at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, all this is is just a bunch of people who think that they know something about comedy and don't. You know, it's that's where outrage stems from is is people who are fans of and interested in this stuff, but they actually don't know anything about it, and that's why comedy is so toxic right now because everyone thinks that they're a comedian, but no one really is. And another, I don't know if it was her that said it or somebody else that was like, uh, they find it a shame that, um, you know, George Carlin was so great that they have to have an AI recreate him because no other comedians have taken up the baton to be as great as George Carlin. And I think that's a tall order to fucking fill. You know, like Dave Chappelle came close. You know, he, he's won the Mark Twain Award and all that kind of stuff. And 
I, I think Dave Chappelle punches down a lot now, which sucks yeah. because he used to be so great. Um, but George, George Carlin was more than a comedian. He was a philosopher who philosophized in a funny way. Like that's what made him do. He just thought about the world differently and nobody's ever going to replace that or even come close. Yeah. Yeah. I disagree in a way. I feel like, yeah, no one comedian has picked up that baton, but a whole bunch of comedians have picked up that baton. And that's exactly what George Carlin would have wanted. You know, George Carlin existed in a time where he and Richard Pryor were essentially able to corner the two separate markets of comedy. And now we exist in a time where, you know, you've got guys who are trying to get, you know, comedy so broad right now that like the, the markets are intertwined. It's not like it was in the seventies where, Oh, all the white people like George Carlin and all the black people like Richard Pryor. It's like, everybody's competing against each other. Yeah. So like, but that's also a lot to be putting on comedians to be, uh, the spokesperson spokespeople for society, you know, like uh, there's room for all kinds of comedy and comedians. Like not every comedian has to be, you know, the comedian philosopher that George Carlin was like, you need that, but you also just need to have stupid jackasses. Like, like, uh, you know, Adam Sandler, like his comedy was great, but it was not philosophical. He was just a you know a court jester. Yeah, and that's what I mean by a whole bunch of people have picked up that baton. You know, like Louis C.K., Kevin Hart, John Mulaney. They they've all picked up that baton like right around the same time. And then as more comedians pop up, as comedy gets older, it's going to be a whole bunch more batons getting passed out. Yeah, you know because yeah, genius can't be recreated, but it can influence people that, you know, create a different kind of genius. And also how many people did that AI thing? Um, you know, when people found out about it, how many people that had never listened to George Carlin before was like, well, I'm going to go check out this actual guy's stuff, you know, how, and how many people mm. would have done that? I don't know. I, f- I feel like anyone who would even be interested in it would already know who Carlin is, to be honest. Yeah, but the your generation doesn't know a lot of stuff, Jacob. You're an anomaly. <laughs> I am an anomaly. That's actually going to be my my mixed martial arts nickname, <laughs> the anomaly. Most people under 25 don't even like remember what happened like 10 years ago, much less bro, like 20, 30 years ago. Bro, I shouldn't exist. <laughs> I shouldn't exist, dude. I'm an anomaly. I am unstoppable and inevitable. You think I'm bad trying to name new artists? Go walk up to any Gen Z or, or Zoomer and ask them like who Van Halen is or like who who George Carlin is. Like I bet you'll just get blank stares ninety percent of the time. Well, and if I knew who any of those people were, I would agree with you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> and on that right. note, are you ready to get out of here for this week? Yeah. Uh, yeah, who, let's wrap it up. Who we got coming up next week? Uh, next week, so this week we were supposed to have on Rick Diaz, um, probably pulled out of the podcast. We were trying to reschedule, but he's back in Brussels now, so there's a seven-hour time difference, yeah. so really not getting a date uh, hammered out on that one. We'll figure it out. Uh, so we're supposed to have him on this week. Next week is our regularly scheduled host episode, so oh, you get so back-to-back two, hosties. Two hosties, <laughs> wow. Two hosties in a row. You, you people are mm-hmm. loving it. 
Oh yeah. That's the one thing we get told a lot. People love these hostful episodes. So let's 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 keep keep them going. I enjoy these. I like just talking to you sometimes. I don't I feel like I don't <sighs> get to just talk to you enough. Yeah, they're all right, I guess. <laughs> well, if you guys got any topics you want to talk I want us to talk about next week, if there's something out in the world we haven't heard about, send it to us and uh we'll talk about it. Also, we have the uh, the headliners episode coming up also too. Uh, with returning guest and good friend of ours, Mr. Derek Diamond's going to be here. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be full of little boosie headlines, so we'll see what happens. Sounds good to me. All right, well, let's get out of here. If you want to email us, email us at openmicerspodcast at gmail.com. Openmicers.com is our website. Or you can go to linktree slash openmicerspodcast. That takes you to all the things you need like the socials uh give us places to give us money all that kind of good stuff way to follow the podcast go there link tree slash open micers podcast we love you guys and we'll see you next week we got to tell you guys about b-res coffee company that's right b-res coffee is a small business established here on the gulf coast that was created for gamers by game whatever kind of coffee you like they got you covered like the out-of-this-world chocolate and caramel-flavored roast, or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate-flavored roast. You can even get your very own Open Micers Roast of Coffee. So if you like us, you'll like this dark roast too. So head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use our code OMPODCAST for 10% off of your order. This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production.